It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Yes, welcome to another edition of Off The Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria. On RSN 927, you're with Andrew Cuse. In a moment, Molly and George are long in the studio. But, of course, uh, one of the highlights on the weekend we're about to talk about, the Perth Cup. And racing campaign. He went to the inside. So too did Orson Ellen, who crosses the field. West on Augie out wide goes to second. Hector Bale underneath of it, and then followed by Hasten slowly. Up around the outside was Dinah Patty, and then followed by Kiss Me Linda 88. And last of all was Campini down the back, and Orson Ellen's flying out by three lengths on Hector Bale, then followed by Dinah Patty in behind them 88. And Hasten slowly, but off the back, and Orson Ellen still by four lengths. In second place was West on Augie, then followed by Dinah Patty in the straight throw, and Orson Ellen raced away. Hector Bale gets to second ahead of of Dinah Patty third, then followed by Campini who ran on with 88 West on Augie. Second last was Hasten slowly and Kiss Me Linda at the rear. The Perth Cup on the weekend. You are with Andrew Cuse, George Verusia and Molly Haynes in the studio. Molly, not only are we talking about the win of Orson Allen and the Perth Cup, but you've actually been with the Greyhound in recent days and the trophy and so on. Good morning. Thank you very much. Yes, I was actually lucky enough to bring the Perth Cup home with me. I was over there for the Perth Cup. Corey couldn't quite fit the trophy into his luggage, and I said, yep, I'll do that for you. So I got to carry it around as if I was the big Perth Cup winner. Why not? But do you know what? It was a fantastic run. I, I think... I felt the emotion of Corey after that race. He was so excited, so emotional, and I think that's just what Group 1 racing is all about. I'd say, uh, without uh, talking on behalf of Corey, probably relieved a little bit yes. uh, to, win a, to win a Group 1, but um, look, he's done a tremendous job with Orson Allen. It was probably the only thing left in the, in the CV that needed yeah. to be filled a Group 1, and in saying that, I don't think the dog really had nothing to prove, uh, to be honest. His career is already uh, up in lights. He's he's been brilliant. He's broke sectional records, track records. But I think it it looks nice to have a a Group 1 winner next to his name, especially being out of a son of Casey and all. And I read an article recently about how they're probably going to be thinking about taking some, some semen out of the dog after the Golden Easter Egg and... I know a lot of breeders are really, really ready to use Orson Allen at stud. Yeah, I spoke to Corey yesterday. I went over there, like I mentioned, and took a couple of photos with all three cups, his Horsham, Cranbourne and Perth cup. We put the rug on, got Sam involved in the photo too because it's always good to have a pretty face in there too. Absolutely. Um, and he, I suppose he's excited about what what could happen with or what will happen with Orson Allen in his stud career, but he is just so, so, I suppose, proud to be a part of the moment and experiencing what these two are. Like, the, what the dogs won, it was 150000 to the winner on Saturday night. Then it's um, the Country Cups, which are 47000 to the winner, times two. Like, this is big. Even though they're, you know, probably getting half, I suppose that's a general 50-50 split, but that's huge money for a young couple, both around 25 years of age. That is just ridiculous. I've spoken to Corey before about how his plans to hopefully buy a farm and set it up yeah. the way he wants to. So, you know, the Greyhound's nearly won half a million dollars, so that that's certainly going to go a long way to do that. He, the way he's racing at the moment, if he can continue that form, he would have to go into the Golden Easter Egg as, as the, the, the Greyhound to beat. Yeah. Um, Wentworth Park... He's certainly a track that suits greyhounds with speed. Um, if you can get out to the front, I mean, he's just—he's already won there in very, very fast time, incidentally. So, 
you'd think he's going to be incredibly hard to beat for that series. That's another $250,000 if you can <laughs> snag that. And I think that's why they'll wait for that. And then there's a little bit of a lull, I suppose, in Group 1 racing. And the, 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 the opportunity will arise for them to take some semen out of the dog. Yeah, definitely. And some sad news to come out of Saturday night. Um, Hasten slowly, unfortunately, did a back muscle um, during the run. I think considering he you know, had done the back muscle, it was still a bloody good run. I thought something opinion. was wrong, Molly, yeah. because he, he didn't show any zap like he usually no. d- does. And uh, pre-race, I thought, you know, around the $10 mark, he was probably the value in the race because Definitely. he's been such a great performer over yeah. Group 1 racing for a long time. But, yeah, look, um, I know Angela will look after him greatly. He's had a, a terrific career. I think he's won almost 500000 as well yeah. in prize money. He's been a, a brilliant dog. Absolutely. So well done to Orson Allen, Corey Grenfell. Not so uh, fortunate was, of course, uh, the champion Tornado Tears. And, uh, Jeff, I guess you could say good thing beaten and made up so much ground after uh, being uh, hampered early in the run. But... um Them's the breaks, Molly and George. <laughs> exactly. It was still a ridiculous run by um, Tornado Tears. He is just, when you're there watching him live, there's just nothing else. I know people get, this is probably a bit tragic on my behalf, but people get very excited about Winks, and I'm certainly that person, but I think it's just a different level when you're involved in greyhound racing on the ground routes and you can witness a dog like Tornado Tears yep. even place in a race like the Galaxy. Yeah, it was a massive run, um, had no chance out of the boxes, got absolutely cleaned out by uh, Outshined, uh, the WA Greyhound. And uh, look, I think one thing it says about uh, not just his ability to to run is he's got some chase about him too because he, uh, you know, a lot of Greyhounds would understandably uh, be in a little bit of shock, yeah, (laughs) from that point. But um, look, to the victor go the spoils and well done to Rockstar Patriot, recently purchased to to, uh, WA Connections. and. Paulie Stewart is just the master. He's a terrific, <laughs> terrific trainer. And um, at $33.70, it was anyone's race down the back once oh, Tornado definitely. Tears was out of it. There was probably three or four chances, but Rockstar Patriot was too good to the line. Yes, was there was. A, a gasp or a bit of a moan when Tornado Tears was in trouble early? There was definitely a lull in the crowd and everyone was kind of like just waiting anxiously because I think even though you think, oh, he can't do it, there's still something inside you that says, nah, he can do it. But um, unfortunately, he couldn't do it on Saturday night. It was still a, you know, a phenomenal run. But actually, both of the winners, Orson Allen was um, staying with Paul Stewart. So Paul practically trained um, the Perth Cup and the Galaxy winner. He's got the Midas touch, uh, Paul Stewart. I'm pretty Stewart. sure he did that a couple of years ago too. Yeah, he did. Um, was it, was Don- it Mia- Miata, Miata and, and Donna Don- Nailing? Yeah, I think Possibly? so. Yeah. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. Yes, Off the Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria on RSN 927. Coming up shortly, uh, we'll have a, a special guest on the line. Um, Wayne Vasalo will take our call. But this weekend, there's another cup uh, not far away from the Victorian border. And Molly and George, the Mount Gambia Cup takes place on Sunday. Yes, look, I think, you know, when you're at a country race meeting, when you when you get served instant coffee, when you go and ask for, for a cappuccino <laughs> or something. So I think um, it's definitely, have you been before, George, Mount Gambia? No, I haven't. No. Oh, you have to go. I must. It is, it is so good. I want to do the, I want to do the Murray Bridge new track yeah, too. It looks uh, really to good go on there. TV. I want to have a good look, but um, they've really put together a very, very good good field. They haven't. Slingshot Hammer, I don't know whether you saw this race, but he was ridiculous. 4.30 out of the boxes. Went 29.45. Box one in his heat. Box one in the final. Last night on the catching pen, um, Jason had said, look, there's there's no chance that this dog's going to get beaten. 
Well, that's not usually his caper, that early split, is it? <laughs> exactly. I mean, 4.30. But look, he's uh, he's a very, very talented greyhound. Of course, he made a couple of group finals and he was purchased for, for pretty big money um, yep. at the turn of the, the new year, I, I suppose. And yeah, look, for Rob Camilleri, uh, off the off the draw, he's going to be incredibly hard to beat. But there's some good ones against him. Yeah, there is. And there's four out of the eight runners are actually Victorian. So it's really not that far away from the border. I think it's only an hour, I think, past the border, possibly. It's like going to Horsham, isn't it, really? It is, it's like going to Horsham. But the other Victorian contenders are pure white evil for Andrew Paraskevis, um, Cavatron for Paula Bella, and Aston it is for Paula Bella as well. I think I may have missed one along the way. But, yeah, we've got four chances. Also, the reserve in Wilbur Deeds for Gary Andrews. This is Off the Leash with Andrew Hughes, Molly Haynes, George Ferruja, and joining us on this morning's program to talk about one of the stars of his kennel, Hectic Bro, is trainer Wayne Vasalo. How are you, Wayne? Good, thanks, Andrew. Wayne, it's Molly here. I think before we start talking about Hectic Bro and what what he's done on the track, I would love to know how this dog got his name because I th- it makes me chuckle when I see it. Yeah, just uh, when he was a, a young dog, just after breaking in, um, as he was coming through, he was just a bit of a handful. And um, yeah, I think we just said he's, he's pretty hectic. So <laughs> that's how he got it. Wayne George Frugia, good morning, mate. Um, you, you bred the greyhound, Hectic Bro, and uh, he had his first 13 starts uh, for a very good trainer in Mark Gatt in New South Wales. What was the reasoning behind uh, sending him north? Um, oh, look, he was a bit of a he was a bit of a handful, always always barking, and he, he was a pretty excitable young dog. And yeah, there just come a day. Um, I said, I said, sorry, sorry, boy, we've got to part company for a while. I just sent him sent him up to Mark for a little while just so he could grow up and yeah like let him start racing up there and and he, you know he, he'll send him back to me when you know when the time's right so uh, that's pretty much it, what happened. Now how did you decide the time was right for him to come back like George mentioned though he had 13 starts for Mark Gatt but how do you know when when it's time to bring bring a dog back into your care? We were hoping he'd win a couple of Wentworth Park but and then you know come down back down here and take some advantage of the, the system here but um, he just he wasn't that suited to Wentworth Park and he was always, he's always getting a bit of trouble um, and then he actually got a satisfactory trial so yeah like it was, it was pretty easy then it was, it was time to bring him back. Wayne an impressive uh, performance trial at Ballarat after that indiscretion uh, at Wenty do you uh, is it a week-to-week proposition with greyhounds like this that, that they have done something wrong on the track? Uh, I, I think so for sure yeah like um, you can't, I don't think, plan too far ahead with him or, or get too excited at all. Like, he, he's got a bit of ability, but, yeah, like, every time he races, you just hope he runs a good race and, and you know, we can keep going with him. Now, good races he has run. He's, start, he's had three starts in Victoria. He's started as a $1.90 and a $1.40 favourite on two occasions. In those starts um, at Geelong, in a Vic Bread restricted final series, his confidence is obviously high at the moment. Are you crediting this, uh, I suppose, a high with, uh, you know, due to the finish on lower races at Geelong? Yeah, well, uh, that was sort of the plan going there. Hopefully it's had, you know, something to do with it. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, there, there's no tracks in Sydney that you can do it. So, yeah, with a bit of luck, um, it does switch him on a bit and, you know, keep, keep him racing properly. 
Wayne, obviously the one-term form uh, has been real good since he's come back, but uh, to win his maiden at, at Richmond in 30 and 57 for the listeners, I mean, they probably don't go too much quicker than that. I mean, you, is there a, an opportunity for him going forward to uh, re- reintroduce him back to the uh, two-turn tracks here at Sandown and the Meadows? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Because he's probably been a bit disappointing and hasn't put many, many good runs together, just... Uh, hopefully he runs good a few times and then, yeah, like that, that's a plan. Hopefully just pretty much racing at Sandown in the Meadows week in to week out like that, that, that. That'd be the aim with him, with a bit of luck. Now, speaking of city track, Sandown Park's launching pad series starts next week. Were you tempted to head in that direction? I know he's sitting on six wins at the moment. Did the thought cross your mind, um, you know, to, to possibly vie for this series? Yeah, it did, yeah. I, I did give it a little bit of thought then... I was speaking to Jason about it, we were having a chat, and you know, in a nutshell, he thought it was a bit of a silly idea. So, um, yeah, that ended that conversation, and um, <laughs> he just he just probably needs a bit of confidence, and hopefully, instead of worrying about something like that, um, hopefully, yeah, he just just starts racing, you know, puts it together, we'll be happy. Absolutely. Now, Hectic Bro's in at Ballarat tonight, race nine, box two. How do you think he's going to go? He should run a good race, but it, it's a lot harder race than he's been in. That, those three races at Geelong were a lot weaker than the race tonight. Uh, the one goes obviously got potential, and uh, see Steve White's got one in the race, and yeah, we, like we know, he doesn't keep any slow dogs in his kennel. So uh, I'll be happy if he run, runs a good race. Like he he might go good tonight without winning the race. So, but so he should run well. Now, uh, Wayne, we always like to have a look at the, the pedigrees of this greyhound. He's by my bro Fabio out of a greyhound that you race called Yelling Timber. Now, she was from a fantastic litter that you had a lot to do with, Collision out of a lot of mojo. And a couple of the greyhounds in that litter were Azza, 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 Johnny, Black Fox. That, that was a terrific, terrific litter. That must have been a, a special time for your, uh, in your training career uh, racing that litter. They were, they were really, really fast dogs. Yeah, they, they were really fast. Um, yeah, unfortunately... Johnny Black Fox uh, hurt himself. I think he'd only had about 14 or 15 starts, and um, he was probably better than Azza, Azza, Azza. But yeah, um, he, yeah, he, he was in a couple of, you know, won a couple of group races, and he was a pretty good dog. So yeah, it was a nice litter. Now, can I ask you one more question, George? Uh, George Wayne, <laughs> I've got George sitting in front of me, and I couldn't help myself. Um, what is it like? I suppose working with, because you obviously work alongside the Thompsons, is it a bit surreal being involved with some of the, you know, classy dogs that come out of their care, but also just learning exactly what they do? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. No, it's very good. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely some good dogs there. And, yeah, just, um, yeah, uh, you know, do the best do the best we can there. And, yeah, like Jason and Shona, obviously the results, um they get, you know, a, a very high. So, no, it's just a privilege to be involved. Wayne, good luck with Hectic Bro and your other greyhounds. Thanks for joining us on Off the Leash. No worries. Thank you. It's RSN 927's Off the Leash. Wayne Vassalo there. Let's talk about the Watchdog, which is a, a very popular way of finding a winner or two or three or four. 
And uh, how has the watchdog fared uh, in recent times? Yeah, look, uh, pretty good night on Monday at Cranbourne. Six out of the 12 winners, including uh, Party Muscles at $3.10, Full Moon at $3.60, and Breakaway Bandit at the uh, juicy odds of $5.60. For your free form guides and expert selections on all Victorian Greyhound race meetings, simply download the new Watchdog mobile form guide app today via Google Play or the App Store Mall. Molly, we're about to uh, introduce a new segment because uh, lots of people enjoying their betting at TAB, the experience of having a bet and having a winner. Yes, well, I thought we've had these um, these emails come through from Tab for a little while now, and I know on a Monday afternoon I certainly look forward to seeing what, what's produced in the previous weeks. So first off, I thought I'd pick out a little segment that Tab called Winners Are Grinners. Now, one lucky punter had $4,850 at $4.80 on a greyhound by the name of Dinah Euthener, is that right, George? Unther. Unther? Yeah. Well, it was at the Meadows anyway on Saturday night in a maiden final. He had a vacant box on his inside, crossed the fence to the lead and won by 5.56 lengths in a time of 29.82. Now, before this race, the dog had only gone 30.03 first look at the track. I mean, not only, but still you wouldn't expect that much improvement. Yeah, (laughs) it was a really good run uh, and I think the odds were there because uh, uh, your trainer, Angela Langton, had a greyhound off box one who went 29.91 to win his maiden. Shared equity poppers. Right? Yeah, Western Envoy, I think That's it's called. Right, so, yes. uh, yeah, well done to that punter. They're claiming almost $20,000. Exactly. Now, better luck next time. One unlucky punter had $10,000 at $5 on Where's Success at Geelong on Tuesday. Now, this dog finished second by a length. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that would be? Yeah, I wouldn't be chuckling, um, <laughs> Molly. I think, I think that's a bit cruel. Uh, I haven't certainly been at that on that level in, in punting, but uh, when you get beaten by that uh, little margin, it's it's not good. But he did look the winner in the race. Yes, he did. She's still now, laughing, everyone. I know. Now, last of all, is probably my favourite little bit. Round of applause. One lucky punter found um, the juicy odds of $18, put $300 on Tricky Tron at Hillsville, on Friday, so that was a nice little return. Yeah, nearly five thousand dollars for a three hundred dollars for a three hundred. What, what a weekend they would have had! <laughs> I know. Straight now, to the casino. <laughs> always remember to gamble responsibly, but yes. hopefully we can keep this um, segment in to come. All right, well done to those uh, punters with some amazing results there and uh, bad luck to those that just missed out. Uh, still plenty of time in the show this morning to discuss a few more things. Um, Litter of the week. I found a Fernando Bale It's a Wrap litter. Now, this litter was born on Jan 1. There were 10 pups, 8 dogs and 2 females. It's a Wrap produced the likes of It's a Bull, who was the litter to Alan Deed. It's a Wrap had 19 starts herself for just the 2 wins and 3 minor placings. But I think where the interest comes in is she's signed by, I believe he's American, Yo My Mediator. So I I feel like that would be very interesting. Um, Jeff Collins, I believe. Bread, it's a wrap. I think yeah, I've got that right. Yeah, he would have. Um, that's a, a sire that sort of didn't get. Um, there probably wouldn't have been a lot of semen down here. But it, again, it just highlights the uh, the influence the American blood is having. I mean, yeah. we just seen the Perth Cup recently. The whole eight greyhounds come from an American sire line. Incredibly. Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Um, I think five of the eight were Fernando Bales, and then yeah. there was two Casey and Alls and a Kinlock Bray. I mean, yeah. it's it's. We're seeing it on both uh, areas of the pedigree and the, through the sires and the dams. And um, yeah, look, it's a bull. Um, one of the producers of uh, one of the pups out of it's a wrap started his career really impressively at the Meadows. I believe yeah. a lot of a big money was knocked back. The greyhounds now racing in WA, but this damn line goes back to 
the likes of My Bro Fabio and Co. So um, there's no real surprise there. Absolutely. Now we spoke um, briefly. Well, you spoke briefly just before about the influence American sires has. You've you've obviously got your own um, broody in Striker Light, who's out of an American sire. Where do you go? after having American Sire already involved? I've asked a few of the experts um, yeah. because um, I, I think the theory is that you come back to an Australian dog and yeah. um, uh, like a greyhound like Barcia Bales had amazing success yeah. um, with American breeds. So yeah. probably something like that to come back in. Uh, yeah. Where Fernando Bales sort of half American, so um, he's obviously a little bit of an option as well, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Plenty of options for Striker Light there. No barking in American accent, of course. It's, uh, well, <laughs> now the um, Gap Dog of the Week, uh, Molly. Uh, what have we come up with? I've found a little girl by the name of Hazel. She's a four-year-old black female. She raced under the name Hey Hey Foz. She had an impressive fifty-one starts for just three wins and thirteen minor placings. The Gap Girls tell me that she is all about the zoomies and is absolutely hilarious. She is looking for a home with a bigger backyard that she can make her own playground because she does enjoy making her own fun. Although she is very playful, she is polite and very well-mannered. She's also suited to a home with another large dog who could be her playing companion. Because she is a little bit on the playful side, like I've mentioned, she is suited to, or she would prefer being in a home with kids over the age of 10. Now, Hazel is available at our Baxter facility, which is in the Mornington Peninsula, which makes it a little bit easier for the Melbourne commuters rather than having to go all the way out to Seymour because that is a bit of a trek. So make sure if you're interested in Hazel or just adopting a greyhound in general, go to our uh, GAPS website, which is gap.grv.org.au. But before I go, we had the Greyhound Community Day on the weekend. A huge turnout, I believe. There was around 800 people who attended, plenty of dogs. It was a day of free activities. There were vet checks, baths, and I suppose it's just a great day for people to share their love for the greyhound breed. It is. I love those kind of days because um, it highlights what a great dog they are, greyhounds. They are the noble breed and we see them chasing and uh, some of them look a little bit ferocious at times, (laughs) but they are anything but uh, when you get them on the couch at home. They are the most beautiful dogs. So it's good to see the uh, support continues in in that side of the industry. Yeah, and what I really like is when you adopt a greyhound, you're not just pushed out there and you've got a dog just to deal with on your own. You're actually a a part of a community because every Everyone, I think you feel like you're best friends with someone who's got a pet greyhound. That's just how it works. I can't help but see them on the streets and go up and pat every <laughs> single one I see. I don't do that with every breed of dog, just the, the greyhounds, because um, I'm just almost being part of the industry saying thank you to those who are, are um, adopting them as well. Because, oh, definitely. Uh, I think it's a, it's a fantastic effort by the public. Yeah, and we also do need to mention eight greyhounds did also find new homes in an adoption day segment that we ran on the community day too, which is great news. And uh, that leads us all to remind people that the end of April, Sunday the 28th of April, is the Gap National Adoption Day, yep. which coincides with days right across the nation at other venues. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I believe it's – I don't know whether it's the day or the, the weekend yes, kind of yes. thing with obviously the time difference and things like that, but I 
know my colleagues, um, Lauren, she went over to, um, went up to Sydney, I should say, to um, see Todd McKenney. He is our National Greyhound Adoption Day ambassador. He has adopted two greyhounds, well, I think three greyhounds now. One had passed away a couple of years ago. But he is just fantastic to, for the sport. I've been a huge fan of Todd McKenney for a long time. I have gone to see plenty of his performances. Um, and he does not stop talking about these greyhounds. And I think it's such a natural progression to have him as our national ambassador because he is so passionate and that's all you can ask for. Fantastic. Molly Haynes, George Farouja, we'll see you next week. More information on Greyhound Racing, of course, on the GRV website. Stay tuned to RSN 927. Podcast of this show available, of course, uh, via both uh, GRV and RSN. For now, thank you for listening. Want to hear Off The Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.